Welcome to Time Personified. This episode is being released on the full moon in Aquarius. I am recording this intro a week ahead of time because I am going to be leaving tomorrow to go on a vacation. I'm going to be enjoying the remainder of Leo season with my family in Maine and then I will come back to Miami just in time for the beginning of Virgo season where I will go back to my work and just as as Virgo season would have you do and this transition between Leo season and Virgo season is punctuated by this beautiful full moon in Aquarius it's becoming a bit of a trend lately that we're ending each astrological season with the full moon and then going straight into the next season. So that's a really lovely pattern to be experiencing. If you are interested in a deeper dive and interpretation of the full moon in Aquarius, then you can go and listen to uh, Cosmic Cousins, the podcast that's I was recently a guest on, me and my very dear friend Jeff and incredible astrologer, Jeff's an incredible astrologer, we sit down and we talk about the full moon in Aquarius that's happening today, August 22nd, and then we also give an in-depth forecast of Virgo season. I definitely recommend checking out this episode. The episode, it's over on Cosmic Cousins, you can search for that on any of the podcast platforms that you might prefer and i'll also link the website in the in the show notes of this podcast and jeff uh, is currently working really deeply with the asteroids so i think that really adds this like beautiful full picture of what virgo season has in store so check that out and today The offering that I am putting out there on my platform is that I had this amazing conversation with Bullseye the Clown. And Bullseye the Clown may seem like an unlikely bullying expert. He, I should have, I'm reading his bio right now, but Bullseye is a clown that coaches children in how to deal with bullies. So. With over 25 years of experience navigating around and developing innovative tactics to dealing with bullies, he is a -a one-of-a-kind force to be reckoned with. Don't let the makeup, red nose, and colorful clown shoes fool you. He takes no prisoners when coaching the bullied how to stand up, speak out, and reclaim their authority over bullies and bullseye is a capricorn and reclaiming your authority that sounds very very capricorn and i do have to also note we'll note many times in the interview that bullseye is very earth dominated so his tactics that he shares during this interview are so practical and so actionable and they are just absolutely gold for somebody who is in a situation that needs them So to continue with Bullseye's bio, unapologetic Bullseye the Clown uses wit, charm, and humor to deliver training and coaching that to some may seem a little controversial and overly simplistic. 
Bullseye the Clown received his Bachelor of Arts in Comprehensive Theater and Communications from Ashland University, which means he is a fellow Ohioan. Uh, I am also from Ohio. Throughout his career as an actor and stand-up comedian, he employed psychodrama techniques and the secrets of body language to not only read what the bully is truly thinking, but to also create characters to get himself out of some very compelling situations. So Volzai is so passionate about helping those who feel unloved, underappreciated, and disregarded by society that he is revealing a number of survival tips and suggestions in his upcoming book, Bullseye on Bullying, survival tips to beat the bullies, as well as tackling topics like those weekly on his YouTube show, Bullseye on Bullying. And you will definitely see through this conversation what a beautiful, compassionate soul Bullseye really is. And the reason I reached out to him is that I felt he was this perfect embodiment of the Leo Aquarius polarity that's being illuminated by this full moon because he is a very Leo figure being a clown and being a performer and he's using his Leo to to expand into Aquarian themes of helping people who feel unloved and people who are experiencing difficult difficulty with bullying. Uh, and it's he, I just felt that polarity so strongly with him. And once I got him booked on the show, I was able to look at his birth chart and he does have his North Node in Aquarius and his South Node in Leo. The nodes of fate are points in the moon's orbit where eclipses happen and you everybody has the nodes of fate somewhere in their chart the south node i see as a comfort zone so with his south node being in leo his comfort zone would be to be in the position of performer you'll see in his life story that he has been a performer for most of his life and the north node in aquarius the north node in your chart i see it as something that you are, it's like a hunger, something that you are going to be driven towards your entire life. A lot of astrologers see it as something that you're evolving into. I think it's something that is just this, like you just feel in your gut. It's an energy that you crave to be moving towards. And North Node in Aquarius is just this deep compassion for humanity and this this desire to create a space where everybody is included. I really see that in Bullseye's story and his the way that he goes about his life and work. And we talk about his journey of learning how he uses his talent of performance towards this mission of healing. And he also is a Virgo moon, which means that he is naturally inclined towards healing potentially. And Bullseye's story is just such a perfect offering for this moment because we are experiencing that Aquarius full moon and we're kicking off Virgo season so I thought it was so perfect that he was also a Virgo moon and you will definitely see his Virgo energy shining through during this interview as well and yeah I'm so excited to share this conversation with you all before I pass you along to listen to the interview, I do want to give a trigger warning because we do discuss 
in-depth bullying and abuse and alcoholism. So if any of those subjects are, very, are super raw for you right now, I do want to offer that warning to you. And yeah, so with that, it really was such an incredible conversation. He has such a beautiful life story. And I think the work that he is doing right now is so important for the world. And yeah, I hope you have a beautiful full moon day. And I hope that you enjoy this interview. Welcome to the show. And Thank like I you. said, I reached out to you because I felt that you were like this amazing embodiment of the Leo Aquarius polarity. Um, and you were kind enough to provide your birth details to me. And I did see that you have your North Node in Aquarius and your oh. South Node in Leo. Uh, so your comfort zone is the Leo, is the performer uh, and the like the performer and the actor, the person who likes to be the center of attention. And the thing that you're evolving into in this lifetime is creating uh, a better world for humanity, which is the Aquarius side of things. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was really cool to see in your chart. I'm sure that I'll be pulling some other things from your chart too. You have your moon in Virgo, which suggests like a really deep commitment to mastery of your craft. But yeah, that kind of like leads me to my first question, which is sort of asking you about your craft. Uh, pretty much everyone can picture a clown, I think, but I don't think a lot of people really know what a clown is. So I would love to start by asking you, what is a clown and what does it mean for you to be a clown? Well, I actually have a very simple definition of what a clown is. And for me, a clown is really just a person who constantly jokes around and likes to sprinkle happiness every single place that they go. And you wanted to know what it, what it means to me. Uh, you know, there are millions and millions of hurting people in the world. Um, and there's no worse feeling that, than feeling like you're either alone or invisible or that you don't matter. And so as a clown, I've kind of made it my mission to kind of find those people who are either invisible or uh, alone and sprinkle happiness around them and make them feel like they belong at least for whatever little bit of time that I'm there. And then hopefully I can inspire them to do the same once I leave. That is so beautiful. And I love that you're out there doing this work because I think a lot of people, uh, I like mentioned to a few people like, oh yeah, I'm going to have a clown on my podcast. And people are like, oh, like clowns are creepy. <laughs> and uh, so it's cool to see that uh, you're out there with this really beautiful heart-centered mission. And uh, for me, at least, it kind of changes uh, how I see clowns, even though yeah, I like circus so light. So like I've seen really good clowns, but right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, well, I don't do any of that stuff. I can't do acrobatics or anything like that. So I guess I just have to be nice. So right, yeah. Well, at the beginning of circus so light shows, I don't know if you've been to one, but they have like clowns that walk around and like mess with the audience. Exactly. It's, yes. it's really fun. Yeah. Um. So that's amazing. Uh. And I'd love to hear about bullseye, which is you uh that's your your clown self sure. and uh so what is who is bullseye and what is his origin story 
Uh, well, actually, you know, uh, Bullseye was actually born uh, very late in life. So Bullseye was actually born when he was 47. So right there's some clown magic for you. <laughs> so, um, you know, my, my father passed away. Uh, and when he passed away, I wanted to do something to honor him. And I really didn't know what. Um, but my father never traveled anywhere. Um, he lived in Ohio, and he never really left the state. And if he did, it was just like somewhere he could go in the car, where it was just like a day trip. So he never really, he never was in an airplane his entire life. Um, he died when he was uh, 70, so he never had been on an airplane. And years ago, I remembered seeing a movie uh, with Robin Williams called Patch Adams. And I knew that the real Patch Adams did these clown trips all over the world. And he would go into different countries and he would go into hospitals and orphanages and hospices and drug rehab centers and all these different places. And so uh, I had never clowned before. My background was as an actor and a stand-up comedian. Um, so on a whim, I don't know, I just went to his website. I noticed that he was going to be traveling to Russia um, the same, that same year that my dad passed away. And so having no experience as a clown at all, um, somehow I crazily clicked uh, the pay button and <laughs> I joined this clown tour. And so I ended up flying to Russia with 35 other clowns. <clears throat> and honestly, I really never expected to continue being a clown once I returned. Um, this was just going to be kind of like a vacation, a way to honor my father. Um, but then some of these little life transforming things happened to me while I was on that Russian tour that once I came home, I knew that I had to find some way to continue uh, being a clown. I didn't know exactly what that looked like or what my clown journey would be once I got home. Um, but I just knew that uh, that I had to do something. I mean, I don't know how far into all what, what happened in Russia that you want me to talk about, but I, I mean, I can talk a little bit about some of the things that happened and what, what really, how I really found the, uh, the power of clowning while I was there. Oh yeah, I, I would love to dig into that. I'd also, I'd love to reflect back uh, the fact that you're a Capricorn and Capricorns are often, um, they say that Capricorns age in reverse. Uh, they start out oh. very serious and as they get yeah. older, they turn into uh, somebody who's a little bit more lighthearted. And oh. so I love that your clown persona was, was birthed kind of later in life. Well, you know, because that's well, that's interesting because I actually stopped doing stand-up comedy. Uh, I did it for 10 years, like around the 90s, like 96 through like 2006. Or, and then I stopped doing it because for me, it wasn't fun. Um, I, you know, here I am as a comedian and I'm not having fun. It's a very serious business. And um, I was always stressed. I had to get so many laughs a minute when I was on stage and all these crazy things. And so I thought there's got to be more to life than just this. And so now, uh, actually just this past year, I started going back to doing stand-up comedy but as a clown <laughs> and so uh i've just found a whole different love and a whole different level for the stand-up and i'm actually having more fun with it than i ever did for the 10 years that i did it before so that's kind of interesting that uh we kind of become more fun later in life <laughs> yeah and that's cool that you've gotten back to it just in the past couple of years uh because you actually are going through your chiron return right now and that happens uh, in your 50s. You will, I think, yeah, we only get one Chiron return in our life. Chiron is like this tiny little centaur planet between Saturn and Uranus. Uh, and the Chiron return is kind of that moment of like life mastery. And often mm -hmm. it comes from overcoming one of your main life wounds. And that's beautiful. I actually have my degree in theater and I ended up leaving the theater industry because it, 
like the the reality of of working in theater sort of broke down the passion that I had for that craft. Right. Uh, so yeah, if you if there's uh, anything from your time in Russia or the past few years of your career that you think are like stories that are relevant that you'd want to share, I would love to give you the opportunity to do that. Well, you know, the the very first thing that happened when we were on this uh, journey was we were on a bus and we were heading, there were 35 clowns on a bus and we were heading from uh, Moscow, Not Russia. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, it wasn't a car. We actually, we actually got a big bus, so it was more roomy. <laughs> and uh, so we were traveling to a, an orphanage up in the hills of Sergei Posad and we came to a, a stoplight and outside there was a, a little bus stop. And I could look outside and I could see that there was about 10 people at the bus stop. And I noticed an old woman holding like a, a bag of groceries. And um, and you could tell just by looking at her that she kind of felt out of place or that nobody was kind of gathered around her talking to her. And so I just kind of started pecking on the window. And she looked up and I can't imagine what she must have thought when she saw a bus full of clowns. <laughs> um, and so she looks up and she kind of and I wave at her, you know, and she's kind of like, I don't know. And so she slowly waves at me. And so I wave a little harder and a little faster, you know, and so she waves a little faster. And then all of the clowns on the bus kind of noticed what I was doing. So they all turned and looked at the lady and they're all waving at the lady and she waves. And then the light changed and we started to pull away. And as the bus started to pull away, I noticed the old lady, she sat down on the bench that was there and she started to cry. And, you know, I don't know why she was crying, but the way I took it was, you know, that either for that first time that day or that month or that week, um, somebody saw her, you know, because she was standing in a, a bus stop where nobody was paying her any attention. And all of a sudden she was the center of attention just for what, 30 seconds. Um, and 35 clowns noticed her and interacted with her and this had this interaction. And so it was just like interactions like that that kept happening on this tour. And I thought, wow, there's kind of something powerful um, in that particular moment. And it wasn't, it was just a brief moment. I mean, I don't know if she ever thought about us once again, once we left, but it just in that particular moment, it was kind of like we were kind of wrapped up. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And that's so like, we're recording this during Leo season and Leo craves to be seen. And what's interesting is like Leo related things are like going to see a performer, going to see a show. And really, I think most of the time when you're going to a performance, you're really looking to be reflected back. Like you're really going to witness yourself. Uh, so there's that like exchange and it can happen in a theater or it can happen just like, <laughs> and like on a bus on the side of the road. And right. Uh, yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. That's really oh, you're like welcome. <laughs> such an incredible, I was just kind of sitting and like picturing that moment. And yeah, you, you know, changed somebody's day just by being yep. you. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll just tell you one more quick one. Um, mm -hmm. And so then when we finally got to this orphanage, you know, we walk in and of course, I mean, there's all these kids and they're rushing the clowns. I'm like, ah, the clown, ah, you know, and they're, and they're all wanting to like associate with the clown. But um, as I mentioned at the opening of the show, you know, my, my passion is really trying to find those kids who aren't participating, who uh, are sitting in the corner. And so I would kind of scan the perimeter of the room and, um, and I noticed a little girl who was sitting over on a, chair by herself and so I went over and of course the the challenge we had in Russia was I don't speak Russian 
I speak English. Uh, they didn't speak English. They only spoke Russian. So we had to kind of do everything physically. And so I sat down beside her and she kind of gave me a little dirty look and <laughs> she got up and she moved to a different chair. And so I got up and I moved down to the chair right beside her. And then she got up and she moved to a different chair. And we did this all the way around the outside perimeter of this room while all the other kids were playing in the middle. And so one of the things I took with me was a little bottle of bubbles. And so I just sat down and I started blowing bubbles Well, she became fascinated with the bubbles. And so she came over and she sat down beside me. And then I got up and I moved to a different chair. <laughs> and then we did that the whole way around, the other way around. So it was like, now she was following me around. And then finally, when we got back to where we had originally started twice, uh, I gave her the bottle of bubbles and I was showing her how to blow the bubbles. And it was kind of like, it was a, one of those beautiful moments where somebody was kind of afraid and apprehensive and then all of a sudden you were able to break through that and and kind of get to her without even ever speaking to her you know I, I never spoke to her other than you know kind of giving her the bubbles and uh kind of trying to show her how to blow them so that's such a cute story and <laughs> it kind of leads you to i'd love to talk about the work that you do with coaching children uh what was it that inspired that work and what inspires you to work with children even though i know that clowns typically perform for children but i'd love to hear about that journey as well well you know amazingly when i started to become a clown i actually didn't work with children i actually worked with senior citizens um and so i actually went in and started working with seniors and um and what inspired me to uh work on bullying specifically was because as a child uh, and even as an adult, I was bullied. And um, not only was I bullied by my classmates, but then I would come home and I would be bullied by an alcoholic stepfather. And, you know, of course, I'd like to think that that didn't have any effect on me at all. Um, but in truth, it really, really did. And so originally, my goal with the bullying was I wanted to find adults who had been bullied and never really got over that. And, I, and then it just slowly started morphing into the clown thing. And then all of a sudden it started morphing into uh, including the children and trying to trying to get the bullying right when it starts and, and try to get the, the bullied child to um, kind of stand up for themselves right from the beginning where they don't go through an entire lifetime or, you know, 40, 50 years and not deal with it. So, but, but originally I, I meant to really start being uh, working with adults and um, so that's why I like to try to help children and adults overcome the fear and inadequacies that being bullied brings up um, and so as a clown I just feel that it's my duty now to to do that. Mm -hmm. That's also connected to that Chiron return that I mentioned earlier is how your personal healing journey can serve as uh, a way that you facilitate other people's healings so that's and and Chiron and Aries is healing through allowing yourself to be seen for who you are, which that's so beautiful that you're having that moment right now, like a, that return in this period well, of your you, life. Well, and, and I mean, maybe we're going to touch on this a little bit later, but uh, one of the things that the, the big thing that happens really, you know, when I had my dad had passed away, I went to Russia while I was in Russia. I still had all of that. Um, bullying stuff that I took with me because I had never really dealt with it prior to going to Russia. And so, and I kind of had that 
my whole life where, you know, even though I was an actor and a stand-up comic and stuff, once I got off stage, it was like, don't bother me. I don't want to be seen. Um, and so I felt kind of invisible. And so I kind of carried all of that to Russia. Well, the moment I walked into Russia, I'm dressed as a clown and we were dressed as a clown for 24 hours a day, 14 straight days in a, a new country. And so everywhere we went, we were seen. And that's a lot uh, to kind of pack on to somebody who has been so used to kind of blending into the background. And so it became uh, 14 straight days of make this person happy, make this person happy. And you can't even deal with the problems that you had. But what I realized once I got back was that none of that stuff was there. It was like whatever hurt I had or whatever anger I had or whatever um, negative feelings I had toward the bullies or being bullied or my stepfather or any of that stuff, that stuff was all gone by the time I got back because I was so focused on making others happy. And then I just continued to do that. I thought, well, you know, in the scheme of life, I mean, this kid's in a hospital and this, this woman's in a hospice and, uh, you know, the feelings that I have about my stepfather who's passed away by now anyway, uh, you know, that stuff is uh, insignificant compared to the hurt that's still happening in the world. So um, it, it was amazing that just being a clown and clowning for other people, it's amazing the, the effect that it actually had on all of the clowns. And that's why most clowns who do this kind of work continue to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there really is something to be said, like, who here doesn't have unprocessed trauma, but when dealing with unprocessed trauma, like there really is something to be said with having the ability to make change in the moment. And a lot of times that looks like healing the person who's right in front of you, because whoever you were as a child or like that, that person's gone now and that child has grown into an adult. So like you can't go back, but you can help in this moment. And I think there really is something to be said for uh, how healing that can be for your own heart to do something right. like that. Yeah, working with children, what you do now. And it's also, it's funny that like you started out working with adults and now you work with children because that kind of follows <laughs> the Capricorn archetype. Um, and so why is a clown the best avenue for children to learn these lessons about, uh, about bullying? Uh, well, you know, it was actually the bullies who created this clown. So, uh, you know, although I didn't realize it at the time, you know, one of the defense mechanisms that I always used, even whenever I was a kid and I was getting bullied in school, uh, was humor. You know, uh, a bully would come to bully me and I would, you know, whip a zinger at him or I would, you know, say a joke and try to distract them or go, oh, look, a goat, you know, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it happened to be. Uh, you know, I would scream fire and I would play dead and I would just make a spectacle of myself either until the bully ran away or a teacher came to find out what on earth I was doing. Um, so I ended up becoming dubbed as the class clown. And so the way I look at it is I say, you know, the bullies created this clown. So it's only fitting that the clown helps to shut the bullies down. <laughs> I love that saying. And is that uh, something that you teach other people to do, to use humor as a way to deflect? Is that a good technique? That, yeah, I do. I, I use that a lot. I also use uh, the art of distraction. You know, as I mentioned, you know, I try to you know try to distract the bully in any way you can, um, even if it's just enough so that you can get away. You know, so you know, one of the things I used to do. Uh, this is a terrible. I, I got in trouble by, by Facebook or something for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, but one of the things I used to do with my stepdad uh, would come to my room and he you know he would pound on my door and he went to to 
whip me with the the belt, you know, for whatever, for not doing the dishes or whatever it happened to be. I don't know. It was always something. Um, so I created a, a kind of a game for myself and it was called um, how to keep the alcoholic busy, you know? <laughs> so I would lock the door and then uh, I would open up my window and I would hide under the bed. And so when he would come out, he would finally break into the room. He would see that the window was open. He would assume that I ran out the window so then he would go outside and he'd be all over the countryside looking for me the whole time i'm in my room and uh and so i would always do things like that and then he would come home he would pass out then he'd forget why he was looking for me in the first place so <laughs> uh, so in a way i kind of talk about you know distracting um, but then I also do like a lot of other things. I do like a lot of uh, role reversal kind of stuff where I try to have the bullied child um, become the bully, you know, uh, and we, we kind of play out that scenario of, you know, okay, I want you to bully me or if I'm lucky enough to actually have a bully in the crowd who um, confesses that they're a bully, you know, I will do a role reversal and I will have them play each other so they can see the effects that each thing is having on them at the time that they're doing it. And then we sit down and we kind of discuss what's happening. Um, but I'm also a big component of uh, body language. Um, I like to have the uh, audience members all get up, stand up. I teach them some powerful body stances uh, to keep a bully from targeting them in the first place. You know, you know, walk with your head out high, puff out your chest. You know, and of course that breaks the ice too because you know a lot of people start to laugh because for them, uh, especially if you kind of walk all hunched over, that's just an unnatural feeling to be walking around with your chest, your chest puffed out and your head held high. And everybody's like, they feel like they're like an ostrich or a bird or something. Um, <laughs> but what I try to let them know is I said, you know, it might feel unnatural to you, but I want you to think about how your body is speaking to someone, even if your mouth is closed. I mean, a lot of times we don't say anything, but our body language tells a different story. And so, you know, if a bully sees that, you know, you appear weak to him, um, then that's when they're going to pounce on you. So, you know, I, so I try to teach them some body language techniques to kind of, you know, because I mean, I, I did, I walked with my head down and I kept my mouth shut. And, um, I don't know why I don't keep my mouth shut now, but I, <laughs> I uh, and then uh, one other technique that I employ or that I talk about is since I've been an actor uh, and I actually, like, like you, I, I have a degree in theater as well. I was a theater major in school. Um, I do something that I call pre-scripting my own situations, um, such as uh, I would sit down, I go, okay, well, if a bully comes up to me and they want to steal my lunch money, this is what I'm going to do. And then if a bully says this to me, this is what I'm going to do. And I would do the same thing whenever I did stand-up comedy. You know, If somebody stands up and says, you suck in the middle of my show, <laughs> then I'm going to say this. And if a waitress drops her tray, I'm going to. And so that way it kind of gives you power in that situation. So when that situation happens, you're kind of like, oh, you know, I remember I wrote this down. And it doesn't matter if you say it exactly like you had planned it out. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, when you're in a play or you're in a, a you know, a, a movie or whatever it happens to be, as long as you get the general idea out, it kind of gives you a power in that situation that you, I know how to handle this situation, even if I miss a word or two or it doesn't come out exactly as I had planned. So, um, so those are some of the techniques that I employ whenever I am doing uh, a bullying seminar or if I just go in and I'm coaching even people one-on-one. -on -one. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And it's funny, I, um, I've, I'm like you, I've traveled a lot. We're both Jupiter and Sagittarius. Jupiter and Sagittarius are the travelers. And because I'm a smaller woman and I've traveled alone a lot, I've taken a lot of self-defense classes and the, the, the pre-scripting and the body language are like the first things that they teach you in well, self-defense classes because I, I didn't yeah. even know see <laughs> yeah yeah that was the first thing I learned in a self-defense class is like walk with your shoulders back with your head up high look like you know exactly where you're going and that I mean I can vouch for <laughs> I think it's effective I haven't been okay. bothered as much as other women so <laughs> oh, oh that's good <laughs> yeah yeah but um so diving more into those techniques uh you talk in your bio about uh, you use psychodrama techniques, um, and we kind of covered on that. I was going to ask you what techniques you use to um, educate yeah. the audience. Um, can you talk more about the psychodrama element of that and uh, what that means and how you employ that into your craft? Well, like I said, basically uh, all that stuff that I just mentioned is kind of a, a tip of that iceberg, you know. So, um, like I said, the, the major one of the major components of psychodrama, of course, is the role reversal. Um, you know, a lot of times, I mean, this is even employed, you know, like even in uh, like sexual assault situations and things like that, where um, they try to have them, you know, relive that moment to kind of uh, get to the root of what's happening. So um, that's the major one uh, is the role reversals. That's kind of really the the crux of what I, I, I employ other than the the body language and the, the, the pre-scripting kind of situation. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I use. Mm -hmm. Do you mainly use it to, uh, like you talk about the prescripting, the body, like it's kind of talking about prevention. Uh, do you ever use those techniques to help uh, people who may have experienced bullying start to process that stuff? And then you kind of get into like, then you're like in therapy, uh, clinical, <laughs> clinical uh like places but do you ever do stuff like that i, I don't because one because i'm not uh, i'm not a psychologist or anything yeah. so i try i try not to do anything that's going to you know damage anything further in the child you know I'm, I'm just trying to touch the surface and try to get them to see you know whether it's the bullied kid you know to see maybe maybe where the bully might be coming from and you know maybe get the the bully to realize what effect uh the bullying is having on someone else um but like i said they're they're going to go from me to someone else and then hopefully they can get you know into a, a deeper unpacking of everything, you know, during, during the length of time that I'm usually with them, you know, whether it's an hour or whatever it is, you know, whatever kind of presentation I'm doing, um, it's just really, really kind of starting the whole process. And so my, my way is to start it and then uh, I kind of hand it over to somebody else to finish it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, that if that makes yeah. Totally. yeah. So, so my, yeah. my job is basically to open the door, hopefully to get people to see, um, where they are and to assess where they are and maybe see that, oh, hey, what I'm doing is not working and this, that's not the way it should be. Um, and then I say, okay, great. Now you can deal with it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And that's, that's a really important piece of it. Um, it's so funny. I also just feel, we're both, we're both people with theater degrees and we're both from Ohio, <laughs> which is really weird. Um, where did you go to school? Uh, I went for college. I went to Baldwin Wallace University. It's okay. in, it's near Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Did you go I to went, school in Ohio? I did. I went to Ashland University in Ashland, Ohio. Oh, I have <laughs> friends who went there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remember when I was majoring in theater, I helped with a project that 
uh, helped um, war veterans uh, process oh. their trauma through through theater. And I remember, like, I remember thinking, like, this is why we do theater. Like, this is why arts are so important because. Uh, they provide those healing spaces. And it also provided a lot of healing for me growing up. And from your story, it sounds like it did the same for you. Uh, and it's always made me really sad that our world undervalues the arts so much, especially in schools. Uh, so do you wanna talk about why art and performance and theater is just as important to education as math or science? Uh, sure, uh, you, know, you know, honestly, that's this has always been a major uh, bone of contention with me. I get so frustrated with schools who um, discontinue to discontinue yeah. their arts programs. And as a matter of fact, Ashland University just like last year, they actually discontinued the theater program. I mean, I was a theater no. major. There. Yeah, I mean, they had they had a theater program there for years. They have a beautiful theater. They have great, uh, you know great set design classes and makeup class, and they just totally gutted that thing. And they said, you know, well, people are, you know, really- uh, Was it related to COVID or was it before no, COVID? It, no, uh, no it, was, it was right before COVID. Uh, and it was, their, their whole thing was, you know, they had to pick so many majors that uh, with low enrollment, apparently. So apparently there wasn't enough people enrolling. But you know what, we had people who, helped on our plays you know who helped us with set design and costume design and who were non-theater majors i mean so they, they yeah, saw the smaller schools a lot of non-majors would be involved in the productions um, right so, yeah, so i went to a small school too yeah you know and the way i look at every single person needs an outlet for their frustrations whatever that happens to be you know uh for many people it's sports um let's face it you know but not all of us are jocks you know i'm not a jock you know i hated sports as a kid because every time i would go to like gym class I was always the last one picked for a team so while some people were getting their frustrations out playing the sport for me it became a more of an anxiety thing you know I'm the last one picked and nobody thinks I'm any good and, and so for me it was drama class and drama club and choir and all those things that would help me escape um, that way for a little bit of time I could become another person and honestly, um, clowning has become that for me as well. You know, as I mentioned, it's impossible to be happy and sad at the same time. So while uh, I'm in the middle of clowning, none of my problems exist because I'm so focused on making other people happy. And you were just talking about those war vets. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because Patch Adams just made a documentary, uh, which he showed it to us when we were in Russia. Uh, and it's available now on YouTube. So if you get a chance to watch it, it's called Clown Vets. And he took... 10 vets who had post-traumatic stress and he took them to Guatemala and they had to clown for a two-week period. Um, in the, you know, some of those, these guys are like, are you kidding me? I'm going to be a clown. You know, this is just not my thing, you know, <laughs> you know, and you, you see this big dude with the tattoos and he's like, I don't think, and then, the, you know, by the end, you know, of this clown tour, you know, he's wearing a little skirt and he's got a wig on and he's got his makeup and, <laughs> you know, and, and it's amazing just to see the impact um, that the arts have on people and just whether it's clowning or whether it's drama or choir, um, you know, they have so much more power than any algebra equation, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that, you know, the arts, if anything, the arts and humanities are, are more important uh, to the development of not only a child, but also uh, to college kids uh, than any kind of algebra or mathematical thing or, you know, science i mean i guess science is important because it helps us cure things but <laughs> you know but also drama and performance also can help us cure things as well 
Yeah, and they really give us the tools to kind of cope with the human condition. Absolutely. And you were saying like sports, yeah, you can get you can take your frustration out through blowing off some steam on the sports field. I don't play sports either. <laughs> so, but um but I, I think there's something to be said with like giving children the tools to express themselves in different ways, whether it be through music or acting or visual art. I think then it opens up these avenues for how they can further process and express their emotions. And that's emotional intelligence. And it's, I, I don't, I, I really don't understand how people don't see how important it is. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Math is important too, but <laughs> you really can't, you really can't like replace what the arts brings. Well, I can say uh, in my, my advanced age that I have never once after leaving school have ever sat down and said, you know, if a train was traveling this direction at 100 miles an hour and a train was going the opposite direction at 200, where would they intersect? I've never done that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. so, that, so that's, that's stuff you don't need. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we have to do our taxes and stuff, but, um, but yeah, a lot of the math we learn is like, what? <laughs> Doesn't right, make any right. sense. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah, the arts are so important. Um, and I was also wondering if you had any like words of wisdom that you would share with somebody, a child or an adult who is suffering from bullying? Like, what would you say to somebody in that moment? Well, the, the main thing I always tell them is I always stress to them, whatever's happening to them is not their fault. Um, I also believe in being honest with them. You know, every book that you read on bullying says, you know, you always tell someone that you're being bullied. And just like everybody else, I tell them that that's a good start. Um, but I also warn them that, you know, you have to be diligent, you know, just because you tell somebody that doesn't mean that the bullying is going to stop. Um, a lot of times it'll tick the bully off and the bullying sometimes can get more aggressive. So, um, and so, you know, nobody cares more about you being bullied than you. Uh, and so, you know, just because you tell somebody that doesn't mean things are going to get done. Principals don't want to deal with it. Teachers don't really want to deal with it. They, you know, um, they may send you, the, the ironic thing is they send you to the, the school counselor. Well, it's not me that needs the counseling necessarily. It's the bully who needs the counseling. So, um, so oftentimes, you know, I always advise them, you know, if you have friends to travel in packs, you know, because a lot of times the bully likes to catch you when you're alone. And that's when uh, they like to pounce on you. They don't want to deal with, you know, witnesses <laughs> and, uh, and having to just to, to, to kind of reach you through uh, through a wall of friends. So if you've got friends, which, um, you know, a lot of times if you're, a, you're getting bullied a lot, a lot of times you don't have a lot of friends, but try to surround yourself with people, uh, find different um I always have, this is kind of like a tricky one, but I always say, you know, find out where the bully is going to be and when the bully is going to be there and then try to avoid those situations. But at the same time, I, I think that kind of can bring up some kind of a thing where, you know, if I ignore the problem, it kind of goes away and sometimes it doesn't. So um, sometimes I would still go that same way where the bully was and then I would just make a big spectacle of myself. So, <laughs> um, and then for me, you know, especially right now, you know, you, you can turn on the television and you can see bullying happening every single day because um, we have this little handy thing it's called a cell phone <laughs> and so i always say you know if you can and you can do it safely or you can have somebody else do it try to get the bully on video 
because it's very uh, it's very hard to dispute the fact that you're being bullied if you've got it right on video. Uh, and you can take that video either to your parents, your teachers, your principal. If you're an adult, you can take it to HR, your boss. You can take it to the police if you need to. Um, so we're in that day and age, of course, now where um, cell phones are pretty much attached to our hip. I mean, you can get small cameras like, uh, you know, body cams and all kinds of things. So there's always, always some way to capture things that are happening to you. So those are the kinds of things that I would really tell them if I was were sitting down with them. These are, you know, bare bones. These are the things you should start to do um, and really think about if you're being bullied. Mm -hmm. I love that because uh, when I was writing the question, I was picturing like just encouragement, but what you provided <laughs> you was can like, do it, you can do, do this, it. Yeah. this, this, and this, like you're very practical. And I mean, you have your Capricorn with the Virgo moon, so you're very earth dominated. And so <laughs> I love that you naturally go to like very practical tips. Uh, Cause that's huge well, uh, to, to know what to well, do. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you know, you, I, I can say, you know, you know, believe in yourself. But at the same time, if somebody's bullying you and telling you that you're no good, that's really not helping in that particular instance. So, you know, I, I want to do And And uh, that's why I, whenever I'm teaching this kind of stuff, I try to give as many practical tips as I can, you know, something that you can actually follow. Um, I've never been one like, you know, years ago, I took a little I don't know what it was called, like a survey or a questionnaire or something. Uh, our preacher gave it to us one time, you know, about whether we like their preaching technique. And, you know, at that time, I didn't really care for our preaching technique. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't know why, you know, but then I could watch like some people, some uh, people on television who were preaching and I just loved their stuff. And what I realized is I like listening to people who give me advice that I can follow you know, step by step, hey, this is happening, do this, this, do, go this way, go that way, you know, because I, I feel like that's more proactive than um, some other things, you know, and I'll, I'm sure that there will be some people who listen to this and kind of go, ah, he's crazy, well, that crazy clown, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we all have our own path, uh, what works for one doesn't work for another, as I always say, um, this is what worked for me, and this was the journey that I have been on, and so, um, you know, just like, just like, you know, they say when you take a weight loss pill, results may vary, you know, <laughs> you know, not everybody will lose this weight or whatever, you know, but it's kind of the same thing. So it's kind of like, you know, I just see it the way I, I encountered it. Um, and so, you know, the way I look at it is I'm still alive and I haven't killed anybody. So I must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, you must be doing something right. And it sounds like, uh, it sounds like advice that really will work um especially the phone thing like it's funny because i i mean i was in school i didn't have a phone when i was well, in school. oh, oh me, me neither <laughs> yeah, we didn't have cell phones back in the day you know and if we did they were like the size of a walkie-talkie they were huge you know <laughs> yeah but that's really good advice to, um for a child who's dealing with that at school like get it on video um yeah that that took me aback i was like wow kids have that technology yeah they do um, yeah I mean, you know, which is ironic because more and more it's happening more and more today, but then there's also more and more ways of proving it and, and showing it. You know, even, I mean, you even got doorbells, you know, you know, that can take people's video and photos and things like that. That's right. And then I think, yeah. and, and, then I, and then I think you asked me, you know, also, I mean, I don't really talk uh, to a lot of kids who are bullies, but, you know, I do have some advice for them, you know, that I would share with them uh, if you want to hear that. I would love to hear that. Yes, uh, you know, I know that most people uh, bully 
because they are bullied at home uh, or they're mistreated at home in some way. And so they're just acting out, you know, um, they are typically hurting in some way. So they need, they need to talk to someone just like, you know, if you're being bullied, you need to tell someone if you're hurting in some way, you, you need to tell someone whether that's another friend or whether that's, you know, a school counselor. And then as we discussed a lot of times, a lot of times in this show is find another outlet for that anger instead of taking your anger and directing it at a person you know get involved in sports or drama or get an after-school job or take up boxing something that would just get your frustration out where you're not taking that out on another person um, something that will take your mind off of whatever it is that's bothering you I feel that the way to end bullying is to find out the root cause of the bullying to begin with and then to figure out a way to end that particular cycle um, but hurting somebody because you're hurting is never the answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that who if, if, if it gets to somebody who needs to hear it, that's a very powerful message. Hurting somebody because you're hurting is not right. the answer. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been amazing. You are <laughs> a really awesome person. <laughs> and oh, thank you. I'm so glad that we got to meet. And um, where can people go to learn more about your work? Uh, and is there anything that you're working on that you want to talk about? I saw that you have a book coming out, so whatever I, you want to plug. Uh, I do. Well, <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, well, the first, thing, the first thing I always like to say is, you know, I'm not a typical clown. Uh, I think one of the things you asked, you, you mentioned you, you clowns, you know that clowns go to birthday parties. I don't do that kind of stuff. That's not mm -hmm. the kind of clowning I do. What I do is called humanitarian clowning, which means I do travel to other countries. I go into orphanages, hospitals, senior centers, drug rehab centers. Um, and I have a tour lined up next year to Guatemala um, where I'm actually going to go and deliver textbooks and computers to the children in the schools who need them. Um, but I also do go into schools and I go into businesses to talk about bullying. Um, and I have a YouTube channel. I'm trying to get a hundred darn subscribers. You know how hard it is to get subscribers on YouTube? I subscribed. I subscribed to your YouTube <laughs> <Yay>! channel. Yay! <laughs> Good. Uh, so I have a YouTube show called Bulls on Bullying where I discuss, of course, what else? Bullying. Um, so, uh, and then I also do coach people who are bullied. Um, I teach them how to stand up, speak out, and reclaim their authority over bullies. Um, so you can find me on YouTube. Um, you can find me on social media, Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I mean, I have a Twitter account. I don't like Twitter. Um, just and uh, if if you're a Twitter a sponsor, then you can just delete this part out of the, the show. Okay. Twitter <laughs> doesn't sponsor my podcast. Uh, okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> and so I'm not um, even on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, the reason uh, I find Twitter to be the the one uh, social media platform where a lot of cyberbullying happens more so than any other because you it's harder to control on twitter like with facebook mm -hmm. i can just block somebody or delete somebody and maybe you can do that on twitter i just haven't figured that out yet um so i i'm just not crazy about twitter but you know that's my thing so but you can find me on facebook and you can find me on instagram i do have an instagram account and then of course i do have my very own website at bullseyetheclown.com and then you were asking about the book, and I'm hoping to have my book out by Christmas this year. I know I've said that before, but I really, <laughs> you know, it's it's a really big undertaking to write a book. Yes. You know, it's like it's like yeah. trying to write a, a school thesis or whatever. So uh, I'm really hoping to have that done and available by Christmas. The book is called Bullseye on Bullying: uh, Survival Tips to Beating the Bullies. And a lot of the stuff that we've talked about today are actually in the book. Um, so if you've liked something that I mentioned today, but you would like to go a little bit deeper with that, uh, my, my book is part, uh, 
you know, part survival guide, but also part workbook where I mean, there's places where you can actually write in the book, you know, or is somebody bullying you and how are they doing it? And have you told somebody? And so it's like, it's really like an interactive book as well. And so, um, but in the meantime, if you really are like, oh, I really need that book, you know, you can always, a lot of the stuff that I cover in the book, I also cover on my YouTube channel. And like I said, then you can always, if you really need immediate assistance on bullying and you really need some help, uh, you can contact me via my website or social media channels, or you can even send me an email at bullseye at bullseyethecloud.com and I will offer you whatever assistance I can. Um, so there's ways of finding me and reaching me. Awesome. I'll make sure all of that's in the show notes. Okay. And I'll keep an eye out for your book. And yeah, thanks again for being on the show. This was such a fun conversation. And uh, yeah, have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for having me. I've been going to some dark places. I hate it when my mind races. I've got so many blank spaces. But I want to change, want to change, want to change.
up and be happy. It's fun being happy. That's what they say.